What another beautiful day it is at Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach and welcome to confession number 48. Today we're going to focus on the thinking skills. This particular episode is for our early years friends that teach pre-K and kindergarten. If you don't teach these grades, don't worry. Hop over to episode 49 for grades 1 to 6. If you don't teach in a homeroom, we got you covered there as well. For specialists and supporting teachers, pop on over to episode 50 for information about how to wrap the thinking skills with your content and your focus. So welcome to this episode, my early years friends. I have long thought about how to create something for you. What you do is so different than everybody else. And I think going forward, we're going to need to adapt the learning for you as well since we're going past some of the ideas that are applicable for any age. As a PYP coordinator myself, you know, I've come to realize and truly appreciate the amazing things that you guys accomplish in the early years. Actually, it's quite remarkable. You lay the foundation for every other learning to happen. And so you have kind of a big mantle on your shoulders to get that understanding and that, you know, understanding of sound simple relationship number sense all of the things that you guys create truly impact the rest of the school so well done my friends and in this episode we're going to examine um, the ATL but we're going to focus on the thinking skills from your lens as an early years teacher we're going to refer to PYP from principles into practice the learner from pages 15 and 19. I highly recommend that you read over this because I add some clarity and also provide you a visual for what I'm talking about. As we previously discussed, the teacher sets the tone for everything that happens in the classroom from agency, inquiry, and to the ATLs. We as practitioners must consider our role in making the ATLs come to life in our classrooms. Bottom line. And as we look at how we, you know, support the thinking skills and that development in our early learners, I want you to think about some of the things that the IB has put in place to support you. So when teachers set the stage for thinking, for the ATLs to thrive, particular for thinking skills, this is what they do. They model the language of thinking, such as, I wonder, I noticed, I inferred. We're not limited to these. This is just to get us started. We're modeling and we're doing think alouds with them. We do this, right? This is good practice for early years teachers. We ask open-ended questions. We're not just looking for comprehension and retail though here. We're actually looking for questions. We're starting to set the stage and question asking. We're asking these questions to our students because we want to elicit more. How is this connected with this? What was a change that happened in the story? You see what I'm talking about, where the children have to provide more of the details than you. Provide sufficient thinking time to respond to questions and so on. This requires time, allowing the kids to process. Another one, oh, offer open-ended materials that you're not constructing and you're not expecting 
the students to follow everything according to how you have set up the lesson plan. You might throw in some um, different materials and say, hey, what do you think you could do with these materials to see if they can apply what you've already taught. Provide time for reflections at all stages, learning before, during, and after inquiries. This is so important because if we don't um, start modeling in the early years what reflection looks like, it's so much harder when children have to do it through writing. We want oral reflections to be just flowing, whether it be whole class, small group, pairs, one-on-one -on -one conferences with teachers. We want that reflective practice constantly flowing. And co-create and reflect on individual learning goals with the zone of proximal development. We're looking at how are we creating those goals? You're doing that, but it's also um, how are we sharing what we're doing with our kiddos, right? That's really what it comes down to. And when I was looking at all of this, I, I started to wonder how many teachers really take a moment to access how they're establishing the thinking to occur in their classrooms. I know we're doing most of those things, but have you thought about what are the things you're not doing? I know most early years teachers are brilliant at think aloud. So I know the modeling of lang lang the language of thinking is happening because I witness that all the time. But I think the areas that maybe of growth and providing, you know, some pause is giving enough thinking time because we want them to rush and get the answer because we have limited time on our table. That's why we're going transdisciplinary. So the whole day is yours. Providing opportunities for reflection throughout inquiries. I think this is a challenge. I think we usually do it at the end. And co-creating and reflecting on those individual learning goals that I just talked about. This takes time and then more time. So take a moment to think about your schedule. Are you struggling to find time to fit these in? Like everything else, it must be included in our unit planner and made part of our learning process or we'll continuously put them on the back burner for the next unit and the one after that. So the one thing I want you to think about though, my friends, is just like we give children success criteria, I want you to take a look at this list um, that's in the learner um, from principles into practice. And I want you to pick one or two that you're wanting to make a goal. That's what we do with our students, so why don't we do that for ourselves? We can't tackle that whole list all in one sitting because we won't master it and we'll just be frustrated. So the thinking skills that students demonstrate come, to, come under that sub skills of creative and critical thinking. Um, so when I think of critical thinking, it has the following sub skill criteria. So children are gonna be analyzing, evaluating, and forming decisions. And creative thinking is gonna be generating novel ideas, considering new perspectives, information transfer, and reflection and metacognition. That's a lot. So once again, think about how you're gonna have this happen. Um, you are not gonna hit all these areas in one whole year. This is the job of the whole school. So think about that, okay, friends? 
The thing I like about the earlier ATLs now, since the enhancements, is that they simplified the skills to be more age appropriate for our learners at that young age. And so he, let's take a um, dive into looking at one under um, a cre a creative thinking. We're going to look at considering new perspectives, okay? And so there are uh, four different criterion under consider new perspectives, and my goal is to kind of break them apart. So the first one is seek information. So think about it as your role as the early years teacher. Are you not always setting the stage that children are seeking new information? Our learners at this age are always wanting answers. After all, their favorite question is, why, why, why? That seems to be the question you're asked all day long. So how do we harness this curiosity into a way of seeking information? So one thing that I've noticed that's been um, really um, a great tool um, is almost like a visual schedule or visual organizer on the desk where you provide a graphic of different ways that children can seek information so they don't constantly come to you. So you might have in one section an iPad where they can research information. You might have a book, right? Maybe there's the school library. Maybe it's a magazine. Maybe it's people. And you have to go through all of that stuff before. Or maybe it's manipulatives and resources that's at an inquiry table in the room. So that the children have different vantage points of seeking information before they come running back to you. Great help. So number two, consider alternative solutions, including those that might be unlikely or impossible in play and other situations. Personally speaking, I think play is the best vehicle for creating new ideas. And it's not new to us, it's just been labeled, right? And through social interactions with each other, it's magical to see our early learners share their thinking and actually correct their prior thinking independently. And also resolving it. Like if you notice two little four-year-olds, when they're you know sharing something that they know and one has it incorrectly, the other one would be like, nah, -uh, this is why it's true and this is the reason. And all of a sudden, oh, that was a misconception. Or they get into a little conflict but through that conflict comes new understanding. And it's magical to see our early learners share their thinking and correct that prior, you know, that prior misconception independently. And one of my favorite ways to get them thinking differently is through role play. Absolutely love this. Because by taking on a role, right? Or a character for them that's magical oh i get to play this part but what's really nice in playing that part they're able to see ideas from a different lens and then afterwards when you have that conversation it, they're like some many of them are oh i never thought of that before and what's also nice is by doing role play you're making connections of things that the character they played did incorrectly, not the child. So it takes them out of that role, which is nice. 
So number three, ask what if questions. As we talked about, our young learners love to ask that question, why? And the reason is, is we know they're curious and understanding how things works is what drives their day. They want to know, how does this thing work? What's its implications? But the problem with when they ask why, they're looking to get you to solve it or someone else besides themselves. So what we need to turn and try to change their vocabulary, which would so set the stage for agency and inquiry, is replace that why to what if. And then we have to give them time in their schedule to explore their what ifs. What's the difference? Why, miss? Why does this work? To, I wonder what, what, what if, what if I put these two pieces together, what would happen? Now you're getting them to making questions. What, what if I um, put this piece of glue on this bead? I wonder what, it, what would happen. Now we're giving ownership to, of the learning process to the student. We're not controlling it. That's where we give agency, is those little shifts. And it's also giving opportunity that they can dialogue with each other and learn how to communicate in small groups because they're posing those questions and then maybe someone might have a great answer for that. Interesting, right? So number four, practice some visible thinking routines. So one of the hardest things for all learners is figuring out how learning is connected. And there are many ways to do this. But what I have loved over the years is seeing the evolution of the Project Zero Visible Thinking Routines by Harvard University. They have exploded in the last year. And if you haven't had a chance to go check them out, please go to pz.harvard.edu backslash thinking routines. Check it out. Because what I love about them is that they provide a way for learners to make unexpected connections. And that's what we want with this thinking skills. We don't want them to just think. We want to think them, have them think differently because this is creative thinking. And notice the IB does not recommend anywhere a list of routines that must be used because it largely depends on the context of the situation and your purpose. Maybe it's for before something, before, maybe it's during, they're going to have different purposes. Maybe it's analyzing, maybe it's understanding, maybe it's uh, looking at it from different lenses. You decide that. And so if you're just starting out with the visible thinking routines, consider just using the core thinking routines. They're the first set on their website. They're the ones that are tried and true that can generally apply to any learning situation and to get you started. So my friends, that's a little nugget, more than a little, but it's a nugget to get you thinking about the context of thinking skills from the lens of the early learner. I hope you found some food for thought and looking forward to exploring research skills with you 
next in episode 51. Remember, there's three episodes for each thinking skill and so forth. So have a beautiful day and God bless.